Welcome back to SpinCast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Keegan, or Keegabyte on the internet. I am joined today by Caleb Gardner and Alden Foster from University of Tulsa Esports. How are you guys doing today? Doing wonderful. Yeah, fantastic. Well, good to hear. I'm doing well myself as well. So first of all, let's start off. I want you guys to introduce yourselves a little bit further uh, and just tell me, we can start with Caleb here. How did you get into esports as a passion and how did you get into wanting to pursue esports a little bit more fully into your collegiate career? Yeah, um, thanks Keegan. So freshman year of high school, um, got into this source mod game called Fistful of Frags. Um, it's kind of similar to CSGO, but just Western. And me and my buddies joined in a competitive league and just the amount of enjoyment and fun I had there in my actual competitive league where, you know, the standings, the brackets, and you can win it all. Um, I just enjoyed it so much more than just playing anything casually, you know, just, you know, definitely match matchmaking. And so that was so much better for me that I decided I want to pursue that later. Um, so when Tulsa had an esports program, I definitely wanted to stay engaged with that and wanted to keep my ear to the ground. And once we finally got a varsity program, um, I was all in. Started with the CSGO program here this last school year. I'm currently captaining the CSGO team, and uh, yeah, we've taken some victories, and it's been a really great year to start the program off on, and I'm really looking forward to the potential all the guys have, um, and building our program and building our practice schedule and doing all those things in order to be, you know, one of the best CSGO teams in the region, so really looking forward to making that happen. Well, awesome. How about you, Alden? How did you get into, um, so, since you're the program coordinator mm -hmm. uh, for, for the esports program at at Tulsa, you might have a little bit of different experience. So how did you get into esports? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I came from more of a game design background and uh, a little bit more of a, uh, I have some experience in the industry working for a company called Esports Arena. And um, so that kind of led into some of the uh, skills that they were looking for to, uh, to run this program. So. I've been playing uh, rhythm games, at least semi-competitively, for a number of years. Uh, but I really enjoy being able to enable others to compete. And uh, I really enjoy bringing out the talent in other people. Well, that is good to hear as well, because... I, it you know, it, it, it doesn't really matter what background you come from. That's, that's the great thing about esports is we can, we can touch so many different areas of, of just general, the game industry, that you don't really have to come from any one background, whether it be competition, production, or design. You happen to come from the design side, and that's really fantastic uh, because it gives you a different view on, on esports and the industry as a whole that others might not see. So that is actually really fantastic. Uh, from your side. So let's talk a little bit about how your program works at the school. There's there's a ton of concern out there about how exactly student athletes at the in esports manage their their work life schedule. So tell me about basically what happens in the day of one of your esports athletes. Is it a typical wake up, go to school, go to practice, study, go to bed type thing? Or is there a little bit more variation in there? So we have a practice room that the students who are on teams can use uh, when they are scheduled to do it. And usually, depending on the team, they're scheduled between one to three days a week in the practice room. But they also usually are practicing either alone or with their team for a number of hours outside of the practice room on their own. Uh, now, that's not possible for some of the teams. For instance, the Call of Duty team has to play on PS4s and not all of the uh, team members have PS4s of their own, 
So they are scheduled a little bit more in the practice room since they require the equipment that we have. Um, but so it's some together and we really value the actual teamwork and scheduled and structured uh, practice. But there's also, as all the different players are passionate about their individual game, they play it on their own just, you know, for fun. Mm -hmm. And fr from a player side, Caleb, how do you typically go about your day? Yeah, our practice sessions usually end up being in the evening to late evenings. And so it'll be a full day of school. I mean, being uh, a primarily very heavy on STEM school, a lot of us have really challenging and demanding like work uh, school schedules. Um, also have a part-time job. So just fitting all that in in the beginning of the day up till, you know, the late evening practice times is really a challenge, but it's, I, I feel like it's very rewarding to be able to have that full day, but also get that team experience and the rewarding practice as well as just the fun of playing the game um, at night. So it's, it's both every day pretty much. Mm -hmm. So, so you guys are a varsity program, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. We at are, we are. Yeah. So, um, there's also been, in addition to, to the practice and healthy work-life schedule, there's also been a lot of talk about how, um, how you can keep your students healthy, just, just bodily healthy as well. Um, and, and, and a lot of schools have access to potentially um, trainers, dietitians, um, mental, health, uh, uh, mental health access. So how exactly do, do you uh, assist your students with that? Uh, we really enjoy having like seminars and things from people who are professionals in the industry. Uh, so, for example, just uh, this last semester, we had the, uh, psych the psychologist from Complexity Gaming come and give a talk to us. And we had all of our people attend and they really enjoyed it. Uh, in fact, he went quite a bit over time and everybody was still engaged and would have been happy to sit there longer uh, if he had more time to talk. So. It's a very, it's something that everybody here values a lot. And so uh, we also have the practice room right next to the cafeteria so that we can get good, you know, nutrition and stuff for whoever, you know, you can go and get food and come back. We don't want people skipping meals to, you know, for practicing and stuff like that. So we try to give easy access to everything that the players need. Mm -hmm. A lot of this is also in like going to be our second or third phases of our esport program of bringing in these people from our traditional sports side of things of, at Tulsa. Um, we're hoping to get a lot more involvement directly with the university's athletic programs, which is going to involve including their um, mental coaches, their physical trainers, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. I definitely, for my guys, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make this program wide, but for CSGO, I'm looking to get some like required gym hours in so we can be a pretty swole team looking forward to it and you, and i assume you guys would have gpa requirements as well for, uh, do you have a study hour requirement or is it just like a gpa requirement uh yeah we're gonna be yeah gpa so okay yeah because i because i've seen a lot of different ways of doing that some schools are kind of like you know, let the students do what they want to do on their own. As long as they keep it up, they don't care. Some are like, you, you have to get in 10 hours a week at the library or something of that nature. Uh, it, we see a lot of different ways that, that schools tackle it. Um, and there's not really one way that's more effective than the others from what we've seen. Uh, and uh, that 
I mean, there are positives and negatives to both, but as long as you have that GPA requirement, that's, that's what really needs to happen because I can imagine that when you guys were a club, Caleb, you told me that before the podcast uh, that you guys used to be a club. I can imagine that, well, that when you were a club, that was extraordinarily hard to, uh, uh, to, to deal with. Yeah, there's no ability to enforce when you're in club, right? So if people want to spend their entire lives playing video games, sure, they're free to do that when you're in a club setting. But when you're in a varsity setting, it's that next level of competition that involves being both competitive in school and in your game. Mm -hmm. Discipline is an extremely important part of sports as well as school. So it's very important that the athletes can also be disciplined in their education. And that shows a degree of discipline that they can then also show in their play. Mm -hmm. So let's move on here. And um, I want to hear a little bit about how you guys uh, compete. So um, there are a ton of different ways for colleges to compete anymore. You know, you got the more organized fashions like uh, NACE, TESPA, Collegiate Star, the list goes on and on and on. Um, And then you also have your specific game leagues like um, Collegiate League of Legends, Collegiate R6, Collegiate COD, Collegiate Halo. It, I mean, again, the list goes on and on and on. So tell me a little bit about your teams and how exactly they compete and who they compete with. Well, I'll field CSGO first. Um, this last year, we were playing in the Collegiate Star League uh, for a regular season. Um, and then the NACCS, North American Collegiate Counter-Strike um, League, started up. We didn't get involved with that at the time, but we're definitely looking to transition to that league in the future. Um, you know, a very seems to be a very well-run organization with a lot of not having a lot of issues that we found in um, the Collegiate Star League. Uh, for After the season was over this spring, we played in the um, Reload Collegiate Uni- uh, University Invitational for CSGO, hosted by the Esports Stadium and uh, Arlington. Uh, so it was a really fun tournament. Unfortunately, it couldn't be a LAN tournament because of COVID, but uh, mm-hmm. we were able to have that online and still have a pretty epic turnout, um, over 30 teams, and we had – we had a good time and some wins. So that was a great, great thing to achieve and actually just get invited to as a first year program, you know, being invited to yeah. one of the biggest tournaments in the, in the Eastern region. It was pretty fun. Yeah. So we have a bunch of different teams that are competing in various leagues. We don't, uh, we are not involved with anything like uh, any large uh, league that encompasses everything. Uh, we pretty much uh, have all our teams compete individually in uh, things that we have, you know, people in Collegiate R6, in uh, the College Cod League, in um, a bunch of other different, you know, leagues like that. Uh, So it's mostly individual leagues. Okay. And, you know, again, positives and negatives to both. Um, I actually know some of the guys over at CR6 and at Collegiate Cod, to be honest, Uh, because that's where I cut my teeth actually in uh, collegiate pub G uh, right. over the XPR side of things. Um, so um, yeah. Uh, and that's, that brings me to a really great question. Uh, and, and this is something that we ask most of our universities and you're going to know exactly what I mean when I say four letters NCAA. So um, there's been a lot of talk about the NC uh, about the NCAA getting involved in esports. Now, do you think that there needs to be a more governing body behind esports, like the NCAA or potentially NACE, because they're they're already really on the way to doing that, as well as you know Collegiate Star and TESPA? Um, or do you think that it's just fine as is having basically game specific 
uh, leagues and then not really worrying about the about the intergame thing? Or do you think it needs to be conferences? Or does it fall somewhere in between? There are definitely positive and, and negatives to both. Uh, I personally am a little bit uh, skeptical of joining something with the NCAA right away. Um, it could help a lot of smaller universities get their programs off the ground, having more support for that. And I'm all for being able to have more programs at a wider range of universities so that more students can get involved in esports and have careers in esports. Uh, however, as a program that we are you know, establishing, we also feel that that's a little bit restrictive in how we can govern it and uh, having more restrictions can also limit the growth and uh, how we see fit to do it. We'd like to have a program that encompasses not just the playing aspects, but also all interdisciplinary careers in esports from cast that we have a guy who's actually uh, started casting with us uh, at the beginning of last semester and has now moved on and is professionally casting by himself. And so we want to foster those careers outside of just playing. And I'm not sure that, you know, a league like that would be the best setting for that. It could be helpful for players. I agree with Alden about maybe not being the most um, engaging environment for some of our people that we're trying to integrate into being our own broadcast talent because they would probably bring in, you know, NCAA talent. But I mean, who knows, like if one of our guys was able to get plugged in and start becoming an NCAA caster, like think of the career opportunities because I know the plugged in podcast, a lot of it is about, you know, where can you go after college or after high school? And, mm -hmm. and NCAA, you, that's a long-term career. You start as a player, you start as a caster, you move up into actually being hired by them, you stay with them for 10 years, you get a lot of success. Mm -hmm. I definitely see a great pipeline there that I don't see at all with all these individual leagues. Um, you know, they just hire freelance casters. They have management that may or may not be great. I mean, it's it's kind of a mixed mat. It's like a grab bag of, of goods and bads. With NCAA, like, you know what you're getting, and it's mm -hmm. a very established package. And I think that would be really useful to esports because right now it's there's so much variability between programs and different TOs running different tournaments that you might not know what you're going to get or you might not like what you end up getting. But um, some sort of established package where you can be like, okay, let's do that and know what we're going to get. And uh, I know that I can succeed there for years to come if I want to pursue that path. Um, and if I can prove myself to be some of the best, I really like the idea of that. As well as I really like the idea of, you know, if it's NCAA, their respect um, that esports will begin to get, it'll fight that stigmatism. Because right now nobody knows, you know, CR6, like that means nothing to a lot of people, right? But the NCAA means something to millions, literally millions of Americans. Um, so having that title on us would bring us a lot of respect and a lot of exposure that we're not otherwise getting. So mm -hmm. I do look forward to that. And I do look forward to the resources that might bring, like, like we talked about earlier with coaches, um, athletic trainers, things like that. Mm -hmm. And and you bring up an excellent point that a lot of schools don't really touch on is that uh, the NCAA could be that route for career building for, for various uh, students, student athletes that look to potentially take a career in esports forward beyond their playing days. Because let's face it, right now in esports, it seems like that golden window for competition is like 16 to 25. And then after that... Uh, you know, most people would be like, oh, your reaction time is too slow. Not true, by the way. Look it up. Um, but uh, they'll start saying, your reaction time is too slow. We don't want you anymore. Or by then, they'll, they'll be looking at other things anyway. But 
being able to extend that passion in esports, that career in esports, is something that the NCAA could be really, really good for. Uh, as well as Caleb, like you said, being able to give that extra support to the to the students and, and universities and have less diversity uh, with the different policies that the TOs offer. Now, um, si- since you touched on it, Alden, you guys do. Um, you do have some opportunities for getting for students to get experience in terms of the production side of esports with with casting and the uh, uh, the other behind the scenes aspects. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so with the launch of the uh, Varsity Esports program, we then also launched a Twitch stream with a we have a setup, uh, a full studio that we are working on expanding and getting more equipment. Uh, but we have been able to do that for uh, so far the uh, spring semester and a little bit in the fall semester. Um, And we've uh, had, like I said, we've had a whole team of casters, one of which who has gone on to become uh, a professional caster. I mean, somewhat he does his own streams and he freelances for a lot of leagues, uh, especially in the Call of Duty scene. Um, And so we also have, you know, people doing tech and streaming and all sorts of that stuff. Um, and we really want to grow that program and uh, grow the production side of things and realize that, uh, well, right now we just have production and playing. I want to expand it into coaching and management and all of these things and actually have a more career focused, uh, you know, program as well as the actual esports playing. Tangentially to that, I think we're also looking at involving a lot more um, content creation. So maybe that's going to be streamers doing just funny games or maybe games that they're good at, but maybe they're not on and actually in the varsity programs. Um, So streamers, uh, a YouTube channel, um, things like that, um, well-moderated Instagram channels are all things that we're looking to move into. So those are going to be other backbones to our program that um, are in our next coming phases. Okay. Well, it's, it's really great that that you're adding in uh, that that sort of back support for esports because, like I already said, playing days they're limited. But just like anywhere else, there's a career beyond that involving what you love in esports as well. Especially when you get into that casting and production side of things. That's so that's really fantastic that you guys are offering that because that gives a more well-rounded esports experience. Because there are a ton of other things besides playing that could leave people just as fulfilled with their esports experience. I'm Especially- one of those people. Yeah, especially in a university setting. I mean, we're really taking advantage of what we have. You have all these different majors that have all these different skill sets. And why not put that to use? You know, this I think the university is one of the best places to have an esports program because you have, you know, your marketing majors, you have your business majors, you have, you know, there's STEM people that might just be playing the games. I don't want to generalize, but you know, like you have all these different people with these different great skills and we're putting them to use in all the different places that esports needs. Cause it's really not just playing. I mean, we've talked about that a lot, but we're going to keep coming back around to that as esports becomes destigmatized is, you know, what aspects of a traditional esports program are going to include traditional sports aspects. And mm-hmm. that's going to be most of it. It's going to be the marketing. It's going to be the business side. Um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing how we can destigmatize through those things. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, we are almost out of time here, but I have one last question for you. If you were to give advice to a middle or high schooler coming up and they're really passionate about esports and they, and they want to take this a little bit further in their life, potentially look for a career in it, what would you suggest would be their next steps? And in addition to that, what would you suggest them to do to defend that uh 
opinion and desire against the people who would otherwise stigmatize it and put them down. I would say to expand your horizons and realize that playing is not the only option. You can be involved in gaming and esports in many more ways than just being a professional player or even a content creator. A lot of people aspire to be YouTubers, streamers, or the really the face in front of the camera. And I think that there's much more opportunity behind the camera that can be just as fulfilling or more fulfilling as being an actual player. Yeah, one thing I thought was extremely interesting was that the, the sports psychologist for Complexity Gaming that gave that lecture for us um, this last year, he was a Tulsa grad um, back in, I think he graduated somewhere between 00 and 10. Um, and he, he ended up at a complexity. And so that was before we had an esports program, obviously. But that just goes to show that even a traditional major at any university, some high school students are aspiring to attend, has a potential connection back to esports. So if that's their passion, if esports is their passion, they only have to be creative. They only have to think about how can I make this happen for me? How can I plug into some sort of program. What can I, do I want to be a psychologist? Do I want to be a coach? I mean, people are, I mean, some of the best CSGO teams in the world are hiring and are becoming the best because of this, are hiring athletic trainers, are hiring mental coaches, and they're taking that to the next level, training extremely hard in those disciplines as well as the game. You know, it's, you know, 10, 12 hours a day on all these different disciplines. And so it's obviously multidisciplinary, which means there's obviously that much more potential. Like Aldo was saying, you, there are many more places to be successful in esports than behind the keyboard. Um, so if you want to be the greatest player of all time, obviously I would say grind. Obviously I would say if you're looking to attend a specific university, make sure they have an esports program because that's going to be a huge part of your development in that career. Um, obviously there are lots of online ways to you know become the next pro, you know, joining some sort of online league like MDL or ESCA. I mean, those are the best ways to do that for CSGO. So you could do that without a university helping you, but it's just going to be that much more uh, engaging and better for you as a student if you do that in, ten, in, in conjunction with your university. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd recommend knowing that your university has an esports program and if possible, finding one with scholarship programs. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, thank you very much for coming out today. Tell us and our audience where we can find you. Uh, we have a Tulsa Esports Twitter. Uh, I think Alden's frozen up on us, so if you unfreeze Alden, um, feel free to jump in. Um, but we are UTulsa Esports on Twitter. Okay. Well, thank you guys very much for coming out today, and thank you all very much for coming out and watching SpinCast again. Just remember, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay plugged in. Mm -hmm.